Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Block All right. Up this morning looking for my shoes. Look behind the trunk, found the hesitation blues. Lordy, tell me how long. Lordy, tell me how long. Will I have to wait? Will I have to wait? Can I get you now? Can I get you now? Must I hesitate? Take me rock away from here Lordy, tell me how long Lordy, tell me how long Will I have to wait Will I have to wait Can I get you now Can I get you now Must I hesitate Oh, no, no, I wouldn't do that. I 
Wait until you get through the yeah, song. Yeah, so we're, we're getting this show back. We're going to do everything we can. We're going to work really hard. And tonight, and this is really cool because uh, we we got very good friend of personal friends. I know of yours and mine and Nicholas and a great writer for Black Bedsheet Books and a great guy to say, hey, I'm stable to Black Betsy Books. I know that Nick is internally grateful for Fred Weehy. And he's such a nice guy. That's To know Fred Weehy is to love Fred Weehy. And we're going to bring him on in just a second. But, uh, Tom, since you're here, what announcements do you have? What's going on? Well, I am currently working on In Rod We Trust. Again, uh, my tribute, another tribute to Rod Sterling in the Twilight Zone. I've got about seven, eight stories written out of 13. And I'm working on also a novel called The Werewolves of Dracul, which basically is written kind of like how Dracula was written in the letter, journal, memo, note form. And it deals with the, basically a paranormal investigator who's sifting through the notes of another paranormal investigator that disappeared in the Transylvania town of Dracul in Romania. So he's going through all these notes through history, seeing all these strange things going, investigating this other friend, colleague's disappearance and his team. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, so right now I'm at 1900 where an archaeological dig that was, you know, looking for Roman artifacts is now, you know, in this strange town and the people are kind of a little bit eccentric, different. I mean, they're kind of reserved and they see more people out at night uh, than they do during the day, really. And um, the mean meat part of it will be probably World War II when the Germans occupied the town. And you know, to fight partisan activity and stuff, but um, about mm, God, quarter of the way through that. So when I get writer's block with run project, I go to another. So and I have That's about enough. Ma- yeah, I have about enough material for in Rad We Trust again, and Rad We Trust some more, and probably in Rad We Trust forever. So I just got to get through the short stories, and I might have four tributes in my. I guess I'd say a uh, major influence in writing Rod Serling. So, you know, and that's about it for now. Um, you know, well, it, got it's stuff definitely done. cool to hear that you're definitely keeping yourself busy. And that does actually sound quite interesting. Well, thank you. I hope so. That's, it's a departure. Usually my stuff's based in Michigan and the Great Lakes area. And this is, you know, out there and, you know, in another country and everything. So, um, I'm trying to think what other thing was like. Um, oh, I know. I, was, I, I re-edited my first book called The Lighthouse, and I, me and Nick had a brief conversation on Facebook about it. I, did, I released it in like 1999, 2000, and it was compared to the other stuff. It was wordy, and it was my first effort, but. I've gone through and whittled it down and edited, and I might be sending it to Nick to see if he might be interested in it in the future. You know, oh. 
I mean, I, yeah. you know, I, I sent, I sent, you know, it was self-published, and then I pulled it because, well, since then, I think I've improved a little bit as a writer, and it was kind of wordy and didn't hold up, so I pulled it from selling it for about ten years. So, you know, yeah. so that's what's going on there. You know, I'm just keeping busy writing. If I get writer's block on one thing, I'll start a short story and write that. So. And That's the way to do it, right there. I yeah. just wish I had that discipline too, but dang it, those Facebook games. Yeah, um, you know. But speaking of Nick, I do know that Nick definitely has a lot of uh, support with you. Um, here's Nicholas Grabowski. He has to make an announcement also. Oh, cool. Hey, yeah. Hi. Hey. Uh, hey, Tom. <laughs> hey, Nick. Uh, yeah, uh, a couple of announcements. Uh, Actually, just to update everybody on uh, on on uh, the ways of black bedsheet these days is um, well, I just came off of just about a half an hour ago, uh, kind of a little emergency on the website that that uh, ate up my last week, and go figure. But there was like a little malware problem, and and uh, uh, we got hacked, so I had to deal with that, and I had to go back and forth with uh, people I I paid to help me with those types of things. And they come back with nothing, so I of course have to figure it out myself. And I ended yeah. up figuring out it myself. And it's like I've been doing that kind of thing ever since I I had a business presence on uh, on uh, the internet. It's it's funny because when I was just in this for myself and doing my own thing, had my own website, and that was it. Uh, it was a lot easier. Well, those were easier times anyway. I mean, it just it just boggles my mind that with uh, the way that technology is going, um, instead of websites being easier, they're more difficult and complicated. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's, it's it's a nightmare. I could pull my hair out. But, I mean, uh, just about a half an hour ago, I solved one of the last problems on the site that was really bugging me. And uh, hallelujah oh. for that. So, and just oh, yeah. a week before Black Bedsheet Friday. So I'm going to be... Uh, pumping up the website a little bit, and I finally get to promote it again because uh, especially all summer and up until this point, there was a couple of glitches in it that really bugged me, and I just didn't have time for it because they weren't a big deal. But, uh, but gee, this last week kind of made me uh, clean up everything. And so now I'm really, really extremely happy, um, and I'm going to be promoting our pages and doing some things. There's actually people that... Um, that uh, uh, all throughout October, they uh, they liked um, the submissions blog that I have there and stuff. And I've been getting submission after submission and everything, especially this year. Every year, there seems to be more of them. Um, and uh, so, and I can only publish like maybe 20 a year at, at mm-hmm. best. Um, but uh, so that was, that's the big thing I wanted to get out of the way. But I got to tell you, I got to tell everybody, um, as far as updates are concerned, the update of all updates was another amazing Halloween. It was an amazing Halloween. And I don't know how I did it because my dad passed away um, and, uh, and, and just all kinds of, like, family problems and situations and things. Um, and I kind of just, uh, we, we kind of focused a lot on just, just that one thing, just on getting all the decorations up. We had a little bit of uh, uh, we had a volunteer named Shane uh, that that came over. He doesn't even 
he's he's never online. He doesn't have any any social presence online or anything. He just like showed up out of the blue. He was here last year and he donated a bunch of stuff and he spent a lot of time helping like create the stuff that we had, especially in the backyard. So that was neat. Uh and he says he's going to come back next year. And you know, other donations and things um uh uh, and and stuff and and uh, and people coming over all every night in October and, like we always do and Francie would be out outside giving out candy, and and promoting the big event, and then when that showed up, I mean Fred and his son Ian and uh, uh, Miss Misery Raina Young and John Gillette her husband, mm-hmm. uh, who's uh, the founding member of uh, the band Damn It. Um, uh, mm-hmm. they're just they're great people, and it was just that privately when they were here and everything was about ready to begin, and the sun was starting to go down. I started uh, well, it was kind of like very teary eyed, a teary eyed moment for me, <laughs> because I've been uh, doing the Halloween thing here, trying to build it up. I believe in you know if if I'm limited in some ways and I can't go out like I used to to conventions and promote Black Bedsheet, I bring people to me. And I make my own damn convention. Yeah, albeit That's small, cool. I call it a micro convention. And uh, and and then when the sun started going down, everybody was kind of twiddling their thumbs and and stuff. And and Fred uh, was at his table, and Raina and John were at their table, and a couple of people showed up. And I'm sure that they were thinking, "Is this going to be like a big thing or not?" And I'm going, and I'm thinking in my mind too, "Is this going to be a big thing or not this year?" And sure enough, you know, they as soon as the sun got down, more and more people started showing up, and eventually, uh, it it looked like at least it was like last year. And last year we had like 600, 650. This year we probably had more because there was a bigger layout uh, in the backyard. But I always wanted to open up the whole yard for people to just come in, come in the side gate. And go around the house and see all the spectacle and get the free books and the candy and stuff and then go out the other gate on the other side, I, I and and that's what happened. So and I, if it wasn't for the the malware problem on the website this week that I took care of, I would have probably wrapped up a video of the event. Um, uh, there's this one guy that showed up for like five minutes that he was really great last year, but he was only here for like five minutes and he was supposed to be the photographer in security. And he just like skedaddled for some reason. I don't know why. So, um, but thanks to like, again, last year, the security cameras, we got a lot of like cool stuff. Some snippeting things. Did I say snippeting? Snippeting things together for uh, a, a good like video compilation that should come out this week just before Black Bed Sheet Friday. And Ooh. Black Bed Sheet Friday, we're going to have a lot of sales with ebooks and physical books on our website. And, um, and it's going to be groovy ghoulies. And then a little bit after that, I'm going to be announcing, um, and I wrote to you, Tom, about this just briefly about um, a, uh, a schedule for the next books that I'm going to be publishing, uh, which includes, of course, your upcoming book, In Rod We Trust. Oh, great. Cool. I'm excited. Yes, I'm kind of excited about it. Um, and and before I go for a second, yet. though. Oh, yeah. what? Um, uh, pardon me? My wife, she, uh, she read some of the short stories, and she thought this, she, she was excited because she goes, I thought this is going to be your best writing. Yeah, it's not all sci-fi. It's not all horror. It's kind of a little bit of everything. And it's like, yeah, I kind of am too, you know. 
So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the great. new year and everything. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. I think it's going to be a, a a better year for everybody next year. I don't know, 2020. You know, even yeah. the name of the the name or the number of the year is is a positive number uh, because yeah. you have clear sight with that kind of vision. But anyway, mm-hmm. really quickly though, before we get Fred Weehy on, I I wanted to say to everybody as kind of like a a brief introduction, Fred Weehy has been around for quite a while by now. He's written a, a, a ton of great books, and he gets he just keeps getting better and better. Jonathan Mayberry is a fan of Fred Weehy's, and so am I. Wow. <laughs> I, I he's, he's, a, he's a great guy all around. Uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate him, and... Um, and he's he's just a talent that everybody just has to he like uh, he uh ran out of books on Halloween and stuff and I saw That's his cool. tweet I'll probably mention that when I come on later and talk to him but um but yeah uh, he uh everybody has to pay attention to Fred Weehy's uh uh works of beautiful horrific literature it really like draws you in like a reader should and yours too Tom Yours well, too, you. but this is Fred's night. So, yeah, <laughs> so okay, know, with that, uh, Francie says that we have colors, and we got to bring Fred on. And, and Nicola, I lasted a lot longer than I wanted to, so here's Francie. <laughs> yeah, hey, Nicholas, colors, I was going to uh, say, maybe one of one of these years, yeah, maybe we we got, could, more authors can get out there to you for Halloween. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, um, this we got a caller, area code 718. Ooh. Area code seven one eight. You're live. You don't even want to answer the phone. I mean, come on. Like you put me all the way out here. I waste my gas. I waste my time. What's going on? Hello. Jesus, lady, who Hello? you calling, man? You know, when you order a Uber, you're supposed to be outside. Not only are you supposed to be outside, you're not supposed to send me. To a dang warehouse. So where are you at? Uh, uh, I'm I'm right. Um, actually, I'm I'm right Uber. here at the the swimming pool. Don't you see me waving my arms up and down? I'm doing jumping no, jacks. It was a swimming pool. No, I said it was a warehouse. So where are you at? You call an Uber in the middle. What, what time is it? Eleven something. And you gonna call Uber? Jeez, lady, cool your jets. You spent your money. You already spent your money. I've been here for twenty minutes. You know they gonna charge you more. I'm here for a Barbara. I'm here for a Barbara. What you at? There goes that tip. I waste my gas. I waste my time. I already got already got paid for it. But you're going to tackle that. What you got? Come on. Yeah. Um, Don't look at me. I didn't order Uber. I think Fred ordered Uber. Um. Hold on, uh, Uber driver, what's your name? My name is Tammy. What is it? My name's Tammy. Tammy. <laughs> Damn, Tammy. Um <laughs> maybe maybe our friend maybe our friend Fred Weehy called an Uber. Hold on, Three he me, might I'm be in Michigan. Inside- is he in the? Is he in the? Is is he in the warehouse? 
Fred? Fred? Yeah, Francie, are you there? Hello, my gas is running. What you doing? Hello? Hello. Hey, Fred. Uh, this is Tom yeah, Sawyer. I'm sorry, I'm waiting, I'm waiting on my Uber. Oh. <laughs> so you don't want to call an Uber. What the hell? So you Barbara? So you put a fancy name to our Ubers? I go to the Uber train? lady. I'm in Michigan. Sitting on the phone, man. What are you doing? I'm in my car in front of the warehouse. Okay. okay Maybe you need to go around the block once or twice. I ain't got time for you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye, Tammy. Um, Remind me not to call her for Uber. <laughs> oh, that's for Danny. Wow. Hey, Fred. How hey, you I was, doing? I was, standing, I was standing right outside the warehouse. I don't know why she didn't see me. <laughs> are, you, I, I, don't think, I don't think we're going to get that Uber back. No, I guess I'm going to have to call uh, Lyft or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you gonna are you gonna clue Tom in? Yeah, are you? <laughs> okay, we called you an Uber driver, Tom. Yeah, huh? I I guess I don't have to worry about her because I'm in Michigan, so I don't have to worry about that Uber driver. <laughs> I, I actually I thought you were calling a prostitute. Not a not an Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I think his wife would have like committed murder at that moment. Yeah, maybe. It would it would have made for great radio. Yeah. It, Definitely memorable. Oh, man. How you doing, Fred? Fred? We gotta do that next time. Next time. Are you? Having... I'm good. I'm good, Tom. How are you? We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Oh, pretty good. You're, you're really not gonna clue Tom in, Francie. <laughs> no. So no. tell us, tell oh, us how how did you like your Halloween? I, I had a great Halloween. I hung out with some cool people: Nicholas Grabowski, uh, Francie, uh, Raina Young, or Gillette, whatever name she goes by. Uh, John Gillette, my son Ian, some very cool people that came through. I couldn't sign books yeah, fast I, I enough. I remember I was changing the batteries on the guy on the fishing rod, and I was uh, on the fishing wire that hung right in the middle of the driveway, and you were going to go to the arbors, and on your way, when I'm on a ladder, you say, woo-woo-woo, <laughs> and you scared <laughs> the crap out of me. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you didn't fall. No, I didn't fall. No, I I yeah, I held my balance. No, you you were actually <laughs> really great having you here. 
it was it was really great having you here and seeing you again oh, is always a pleasure. Oh, I had a great time. There's the people that came through were great. Um, God, we just gave. I, I couldn't believe how many books we gave away. I lost count. You know, somehow Nick kept finding boxes of of Holiday Madness in in his house, and we kept opening them. Um, yeah. You, you At went one through point, three I, I, I had so many people lined up, I couldn't sign them fast enough for them. <laughs> yeah, That's cool. It, it, it was really cute because I even the younger kids, I was like, hey, we got a best-selling author back there. And they're like, what? They didn't even want the candy. They wanted to go meet you. Oh, Just yeah. to well, let they, you know, they, they, wiped, they didn't even – they, they were bypassing too. the candy. Well, that's really and, nice and, that they don't that they'd rather meet me and get a buck than eat candy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Do you want your candy?" They're like, "No, we want to go back there." I was like, "Okay, well, there he is," and they're like, "Wow!" You like a lot of the kids were looking at you and they were in wow. That's all they could say when I pointed you out. They were like, "Wow!" Wow! Look how ugly he is. I think it's like what I heard him say. <laughs> No, that's not great. Co- great costume. <laughs> uh, what an what an ugly mask. Except I was not wearing one. <laughs> no, that's not what they. They were well, just in. I gotta wow, tell you, Fred, that's that's good. That's good when you can get you know run out of books because kids want your books more than the, you know well, they want the candy. So I mean that's that's very congratulations, man. Way to go. That is good. It, it was a great time. We had I had a really good time, um, and everybody was very nice. Couldn't yeah. ask for a better. Couldn't ask for a better crowd. Honestly, yeah, and you know, and and I agree with that because uh, a lot of people are talking about on this antelope pages uh, community pages how everybody's Halloween decorations keep getting stolen. Ours mm-hmm. never did. We even had tombstones that you can just pick up, <laughs> and nobody right. even stole one of our little styrofoam team tombstones. It was, they used to. Boy, did they used to. We had a the first year. The first year. Uh, the second year, too, a little bit, yeah. Remember oh. they dragged the ladder with the pumpkin? Yeah, that was the that first year. down the street. <laughs> yeah, they took my we Santa Claus. We to keep things, like, in further so they can't really touch it. And besides, we have a whole backyard now that we can exploit. Yeah. They can't get in there. Yeah. yeah it, it was but really, it was really took, awesome to have you and Raina. Nobody took Georgie. And, huh? Nobody took Georgie out of the sewer. I know. He been, even even He would have been after, the first thing that I think. I thought he would go for sure. But yeah, he was still I was there thinking when I that, too. And I kind of tied him with ribbon onto the uh, sewer but he wasn't even moved, and when they came out from that backyard fence and they went to the sewer, they're like, and all I heard people say, Georgie, and they, people were just taking photos with them. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, was, it was a badass, Georgie. Uh, yeah. I made a pretty cool Georgie, and you, you brought up a good point. You were like, why don't you light up Georgie? And I'm like, oh. I don't know. And we got some of the solar lights, and he was lit up. And that was a good idea, Fred. 
Every now and then I'll come up with one. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you want to say hi to Fred? Yes, I want to say hi to Fred. Hi, Fred. Hey, hey Nick. A great introduction. Hey, Fred. Me. Thank you. I was blushing. Hey. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it, you know, it was really, really cool to see you. You're not just an author, you're a friend. Um, and, uh, uh, and and Raina and everything. And it was great to see everything work. Like I was telling everybody like about 15 minutes ago, that I, uh, when we were all twiddling our thumbs wondering <laughs> if anybody was going to show up or not, right when it was just getting dark. And, and then people just started flowing in, uh, and, and then it got regular and, and stuff. And I, um, I, I remember you tweeted uh, that you can't stop, uh, you can't uh, sign fast enough. And, yeah. I, you know, I tell you, that's, that's, those are words that uh, an author and a publisher wants to hear. Even though, you know, we're, we're not selling, we're giving them away for free. Uh, still, I mean, people go home with that, and it's, it's, it's it's probably the best kind of publicity that you could do that one-on-one kind of thing, and uh, it's a great platform too. It's it's not it's unique. It's not at a convention setting. It's at somebody's house, and then there's like the whole hoopla with all the authors and everything. Just like with little old me with Halloween Four, the past few years, um, people would come over and go, oh yeah, you were Halloween Four. <laughs> but um, and, and and all throughout my mind the past few years, I was going, I got to figure out how to expand this into the backyard, bring authors over and stuff, so that the same thing can happen there too. And so it was great to see that kind of that 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 visualization come to uh, fruition on Halloween. It was just it was really special to me. I mean, you and Raina and John will never know. You'll never know. As a matter of fact, before sundown, I told Raina, um, if if I could pull this off, which is really minor compared to convention, but if I could pull this off, I could do like a black bedsheet convention, which is basically doing this kind of stuff only on a larger scale. And Raina really wants to do one with me, too, and she's done a convention before. So... Um, we might do something That'd like cool. that. As a matter of fact, I was just I'd talking like to, to her too. about like a black bedsheet books tour, like some kind of a tour. Um, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Those are great options. That'd be cool. I'd like to. I wouldn't mind doing that. Getting being part of that too. That'd be fun. Yeah, that would be great. The more the merrier. I, the, the, the more of you authors. Uh, we pull together and have like this great big shindig and uh, and and hype up people to our stuff. But uh, but anyway, I I, I want to digress. This is Fred's show. We want to talk about Fred and Fred stuff, namely the collected night the collected nightmares, which uh, was just published by Black Bed Sheet Books, and uh, and and his son Ian uh, graced us with the cover. Too. I'll give you cool. back to Francie so that she can, like, uh, uh, pick your brain. Okay? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I Thanks, was good. I was looking at this on uh, Amazon, five-star reviews. Uh, every Everything that is on Amazon with you, even going back into your last book, everything is five stars. I mean, that's got to uh, make you feel know. really it, it does. I, I know that uh, 
I, first of all, I hope everybody can hear me okay. I've had bronchitis this week, and I'm, I've been on, like, antibiotics and inhalers and all that stuff, but I'm probably getting my voice back, but still not completely. You're doing so. good. So hopefully yeah, everybody good. can hear me. Um, so yeah, I just got a, a really good review from Hell Notes um, uh, that was uh, beyond my expectations uh, with them. Uh, I feel pretty good about that. The strange thing about Collected Nightmares is um, is it, it was kind of a journey for me. The um, a lot of what's in there is uh, is motivated or inspired by the last six years of recovering from um, a very traumatic accident that basically almost killed me. Um, in fact, ironically. Today is the six-year anniversary to the day of that accident. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that today. I didn't realize it when we scheduled the show. Um, and the reason I always remember it is because it's also my mother's birthday. Uh, yeah, so, I, and, I, I yeah. Seen, Go yeah, ahead. I seen that you posted that on your Facebook page, and I was like, oh, it's his mom's birthday. And Nick was like, um, his mom passed away. I was like, oh. Yeah, my mom passed away back in 2000. So um, it, I've always believed that um, one of the re- I, I have a, I've always had the feeling that one of the reasons I survived the accident was my mom was looking out for me. Because really, I oh, probably wow. should have died. Yeah. Um, strange that it happened on her birthday. Uh, but um, and very strange that we're doing this show, and it's six years to the day uh, of the accident. So it was, a, it was a long road, and the collected and working on the collected nightmares was very cathartic for me. Uh, there was a lot of uh, trauma, pain, and uh, and uh, blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. So. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna mention you know you're talking about all these personal things, and like you said, it's blood, sweat, and tears, and to get these great reviews, it's got to make you go, ha. Huh. <laughs> you know, it, it yeah, meant I, yeah. really, to somebody else really as it meant to readers, me. Yeah, I really appreciate readers' reviews uh, even more than uh, reviewers. It's always nice to hear from readers that they – connected with it or enjoyed it or were horrified by it, whatever it was. Um, it's it's what makes writers, I think, keep going, is knowing that you're connecting with your audience. Definitely. I, I, yeah. Yeah, Tom and, you know, everybody would agree with that. I mean, everybody is saying, oh, you're this great writer, you did this and you did this and it's called Books a Million for a Reason. You don't care about how many, well, you do care about how many people read it. <laughs> but the true fans is what you want to respond to it. Yeah, you're trying to connect with as many people as possible. But at the same time, you're just, the ones that you do, that do pick your book up, you hope you connect with. Um and this is this is one of this is also one of those businesses though for like what did, what have you done lately kind of business. <laughs> it's not 
That's not, true. What did, what did you do that's last true. year? What did you do the year before? It's what have you done lately? What do you have that's new? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you always have to keep uh, keep working and moving ahead and working on new things. Um, I'll, I'll, Nick told me something, God, it was probably 10 years ago. Uh, that I've never forgotten. He said, you know, it's it's the body of work that, that really matters. Uh, not just one book, not just two books, but the body of work. And I've never forgotten that. It was great advice. And that's kind of what I go by, uh, you know, um, always trying to put something better out each time. Uh, not looking back at what I've done, but what I'm going to do in the future. Wow, that's actually yeah, that's, that's a good that's a good philosophy. <laughs> uh, when when I uh, when I was in South Carolina and Nick was just a guest on my show, he called me up and I told him about a little book that I might have had in mind, and he was like, "You know what? Here's what you got to do. You have a paintbrush." And you got to paint a photo for the your readers to see this painting. And you only paint what you know. Don't paint what you don't know. Good In advice. other words, don't write yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was... That's paraphrased. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to it than that, but it is quite like um, the picture, you know. But the details, there's the details that are important. It's not a chalk drawing. It's not squiggly lines and stuff. You have to paint a picture for the people to see in their minds what you're trying to express. Well, yeah, it was a 30-minute conversation. I just didn't have. She she pared it down to uh, 30 seconds. Yeah, don't paint what you don't know. <laughs> don't write down what you don't know. Yeah, okay. that's, that's a good rule. To, that's a good rule to live by as a writer. Um, yeah. Because yeah, if you're if you're writing about something you don't know about, you're never going to be able to fake it. Never. Readers are going to see right through you. Exactly. Yep. Uh, also, it, pulling from your own experiences is great too because it makes a better connection. It's a more emotional connection with your with your writing, and if you're emotionally connected to your writing, your readers will be emotionally connected to it as well. So you, you definitely want to write about what you know about. Um, now that doesn't mean you can't learn new things and know new things. Oh no, it's expanding, but you know. Um, it's got to have that emotional connection. I think that's why the Collected Nightmares is, uh, has gotten good reviews and good feedback from readers and that because it is a lot of it is very emotionally charged. Yeah. Well, here's here's I'd a question I have for you. Oh. Here's a question I have. When do you kind of back down? Do you ever think, okay, maybe I need to back down on this or go further on this? Have you ever done that with your writing? I have to ask you, what do you mean by back down? Like if it's 
too emotional for you when you go back to proofread it? Are you thinking, oh my gosh, you know? No, that, never. That hit too far home. No, never. Mm-mm. You can never go too far. You can never go too far with the emotional connection. No. I may ask myself, is that emotionally connected enough? Did I back off from it? Do I need more? But never that I've gone too far. No. Oh, that's that's actually really that's right. You want to put as much of you into it as you can. That's actually really good. I agree with that. Francie, even though even though you write what you know, I mean, if you if you go beyond that, you do research and then you can learn things and then you know that and you still write what you know when it boils down to it but a lot of it just uh, when it comes from you and when it's emotional and when it means something it comes from like maybe part of your life and so i mean even stephen king said something about that with pet cemetery too that he was afraid of it because it, it hit home for him when he was writing it i remember reading something about that too but that that those are marks of where you you put everything your heart and soul on the page, and that's and 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 um, when readers read that they they get it, they they uh, they can see the heart and soul on it, just like painting a picture. I mean, you can see it when it's done properly and done great with the detail and with the emotion and everything all swept up in it. That's the whole thing about art in general, anyway. As art is just like expressing emotions and raw emotions and things, especially writing, you know. I mean, um, that, that's uh, that's the whole key to it. Pe- people, readers, readers can feel what you're expressing on paper and stuff. And and you know, and and I've said this before. I've said it before, and I will say it again that Fred uh, achieves that. Well, that's nice of you, Nick. I, I try to, uh, with every story, uh, with every novel, I try to make sure I have a connection with it. You know, people ask me all the time. Um, you know, if I if characters that I create are they are they part of me? And I my answer is always yes. Every character I create, whether they're the hero, the villain. There's part of me in them. Um, even a prostitute. Even a prostitute. Or an Uber. Uh, <laughs> or an you, Uber or an driver. Uber, or an irate Uber driver. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You you ha- you have to give that irate Uber driver a soul, and it's and that's uh, or or they're a cardboard cutout character. Um, and they so they need a little bit of your soul. Now there's some characters that have more of my soul than others, uh, but they all have a yeah, little definitely. bit of, of my soul in them. Um, a hey, little Fred, bit. Who knows? Uh, maybe your next novel, or maybe Tom's novel, is going to be the Uber driver waiting at the warehouse, and her name Could is be. Tammy. <laughs> no, and, hey, Fred, uh, I got a question for you. What meets her at the warehouse is a, a scary clown oh. holding a balloon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, Fred, I got a question from you for you. Yeah, shoot, Tom. 
do you draw from people or characters that you've met in real life too, and add some of yourself to them? Because that's kind of what I do at times. Because I've I've had some yeah, interesting like, people come into my life. Yeah, that... I, I do. Uh, that's that's why there's so there's some stories in uh, the collected nightmares that um, uh, if you read my dedication at the beginning, uh, it talks about the uh, the ghosts, the dead, the living, the bullies in life. I dedicate it all to them because these stories wouldn't have come about without them. Um, you know, there's a there's a story about. Uh, uh, I think towards the end, dead girl, uh, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's taken from someone that I knew uh, that had died recently. So I had been thinking about her because she had passed away. Um, there's a story about retribution. I think the I think the uh, title is Retribution. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's the one about the, the horse stable where the little girls are being bullied, the little girls being bullied by some other little girls and the owner of the stable tells them a story. Uh, all those people in the story are based on uh, people that after the accident, we, you know, you truly found out who your friends were and who they weren't. Uh, mm-hmm. And that they were, you know, um, bu- basically, when I was no longer there because I was recovering, bullying my wife uh, because they didn't agree with some of the things that they didn't agree with. What happened is that I was, I was uh, somebody asked me to ride their horse because they were having troubles with it. And they told me it was a safe horse, that it was a two in the scale of one to 10, uh, one being a plug, 10 being a a wild horse. So it was a two. And I thought, okay, well, my horse is a six. And I can ride him, and I've ridden sevens and eights, so yeah, no big deal. Um, the second I got on that damn horse, uh, it was like I was told anyway. I don't. I still have amnesia surrounding the event. Um, I was told that it's that it was it started bucking like it had come out of a chute in a rodeo. Uh, the second oh, my wow. butt hit the saddle, wow! I, I am I am uh, proud to say that I stayed on for three bucks. Until it threw, and then it threw me eight feet in the air, and I came down on my head and my back, uh, ah. missing the the round pen fence by just fractions of an inch. If I if I would have hit the round pen fence, I probably would have died. Uh, I suffered a major concussion, amnesia, uh, six broken ribs in eight places, a collapsed lung, um, uh, oh, broken wow. wrist, ruptured tendon in my thumb. Uh, really have no memory of anything past a certain point. Uh, just remember waking up in the ICU. And the people that owned the horse told my wife at the time when the paramedics came and everything that they would pay for my hospital bills. They felt so bad. It was all their fault. They paid for my hospital bills. Well, that changed a day later. 24 hours later, they no longer wanted to pay for my hospital bills. Um, and I didn't have any insurance at the time. Um, so I had collected like $80,000 in hospital bills. Uh, so we ended up suing them. Uh, so we sued them for the hospital bills and 
people at the stable that were supposedly our friends didn't like that. And so they started picking on my wife and um, didn't think I had any right to sue for those hospital bills, I guess. Uh, wow. So they basically made, made my life, uh, made my wife's life miserable for two or three years before we finally left that stable. Um, this, the case actually just settled last year. Uh, five years it took us to settle that case. Um, and I got all my hospital bills paid and a little extra left over and was able to pay the lawyer as well. Uh, but it was a, that was part of the long traumatic, not only the physical getting back and going through physical therapy and everything and, and, um, and the pain of the physical uh, injuries, but also the emotional injuries going through the, the lawsuit, I tell you, don't take lawsuits. Um, uh, you take them very seriously because those things are very emotionally uh, traumatic. They're a long, hard process. People calling you a liar, uh, people calling your <laughs> your loved ones liars. Uh, it's yeah, that's got to be hard. Yeah. Yeah. So that – that uh that story came cropped up from that um there's others in there that also um, are connected to all of those events as well uh some of the poetry as well especially the you know um uh the ones about the like shadow pain and um and the short story shoot me um so I, I think that's why uh, that's why I'm saying it was a very cathartic experience writing this, something that really needed to be done. We finally put, you know, the book helped and settling the lawsuit helped, and I'm feeling a hell of a lot better these days. Although I still have chronic pain from those injuries, but you know, it's good to be alive. Um, yeah. So and it's what's basically really what's really cool. I'm sorry, I, I What's really lost cool you on that. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, I was going to say, what's really cool is listening to you talk about these stories, you can tell the passion in your voice with all of that. It, <laughs> yeah, I hope. hopefully that passion comes out in my writing as well. Um, it it, it definitely came out in your voice. You you. You were very passionate. You were talking about your wife, and you were talking about everything that you went through, and you you can hear the passion in your voice as you were talking about that. Yeah, I think those are those kinds of things that you never really get over. I, I said something to my wife today about it. Oh, it's six years. It's been six years. You know, we finally put it behind us, and she just looked at me and says, "You never really put it behind you." <laughs> That's <laughs> no. true. I thought, well, you know, you're you're probably right. You never really do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, writing the book though helped a hell of a lot um, to uh, let some of that go and put it behind me. Um, but I guess I still do get emotional about it when I talk about it. Well, you 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 can yeah. definitely tell the emotion behind your voice and how passionate you are about this book. And that's one cool thing about a great author is the passion. 
Right. Yeah. There's, and, and the, yeah, there's, you have there's that there's passion. More to just typing something on a computer screen and then printing it out. There's passion behind it. Right. That's why it's important to have almost in every story something from you. It has to be from you in it. It has to have a, some kind of emotional connection. Somehow. Well, I agree with that 100. percent That's that's true. Yeah. That's I agree with you, Fred. That's you're you're dead on there. Yeah, you can really tell the difference uh, when you're reading something that you know the author didn't have any personal connection to the story in any way whatsoever, not even a a slight one. Um, That's why I try to pick subjects that I have some kind of personal connection to uh, that I can that I can pull from my own emotions and pour it into whether it's funny, whether it's scary, whether it's um, uh, horrifying, dramatic, whatever. Uh, I I think it really makes a difference. Would you say that was one of the things that got you into horror writing? Because, I mean, everybody is, they're kind of scared to write horror novels. Would you say that that's one thing that drug you into writing horror? What drug you into writing horror novels? Um, I'm always just connected with horror, I guess, and uh, and some of the things that's gone on in my own life, I guess. And I, I, I guess I find so I've written other types of genres and things before, but I've never found anything else quite as cathartic for me as horror, because it helps me deal with my own fears, uh, my my own trauma, my own horrors. Uh, I find it very cathartic. It's it's scary sometimes, like uh, Nick said that you know Stephen King said that he you know that writing Pet Cemetery scared him because you know he was so connected to it, and it is scary, but it helps you face your fears, helps you face um, things in your life maybe you wouldn't, and it's very therapeutic. And if I can help other people face their same fears through my writing, then even better. And and you actually teach a writing class. Uh, I do. I taught uh, I taught kids from five to eighteen and adults uh, creative writing. Yeah. That's that's a great accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's nothing like getting kids who really don't want to write, and by the time they're done. Um are so proud of their stories and so excited about writing stories. You know, that's really where the thrill is with older people, with adults, older people, they're usually younger than me. Some are older, uh, with adults. It's, it's those, uh, most of my students are the people that either have always wanted to write a book and could never motivate themselves to do it. And so they take classes to motivate them or they've had a traumatic um, incident in their life or in a loved one's life that they want to write about. What What is the best advice that you would give a young writer? <laughs> the best advice 
is to write. <laughs> I can't tell you the I, I know that sounds so simplistic, but uh, you, you've got to write every day. You've got to write every day, and you have to read every day. Uh, yeah, like, good readers make good writers, and good writers make good readers. And the more you write, the easier it gets, um, and the better. I mean, it's like anything, repetition. Like I always get these students who say, I just don't have time to write, especially adults. Like, I don't have time to write. Even kids sometimes. I got homework. I've got this. And I tell them, even if you just wrote, 10 to 15 minutes a day. You don't have a spare 10 to 15 minutes that you can sit down and just start writing. Everybody has a spare 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, if you just wrote 10 or 15 minutes a day, every day, uh, and then sooner or later, it would probably those 10 and 15 minutes would turn into a half an hour, an hour, because as any writer knows, Tom can probably tell you this, is that you lose track of time when it's really cooking, and those 10 or 15 minutes oh, yeah. can become, easily become an hour, two hours, three hours, and you look up and you go, oh, shit, I'm late for whatever. Oh, yeah, I remember, I can remember a few times I kept, I was going great guns on what I was writing, and I was like, I, I actually sat, fell, I fell asleep writing because I was up deer hunting, and I came in from the morning hunt and I started writing and I stayed up, I think it was like till two o'clock in the morning. And you just kind of, you can lose track of time. And I was sitting there and I was like, I just zonk cause I just wore myself out. I just had yeah. a pen in my hand when I woke up. Yeah. And it's so easy to not, here's the problem with beginning writers is that they find every, and I did this and I still do it sometimes. I think every writer does. You find so many yeah. excuses not to write. Oh, I'll write after I, you know, wash the dishes or put in some laundry or I have to run this errand or uh, you you just you come up with so many reasons to not write when it would, you know, it, because you're afraid to sit down and nothing comes. Everybody's afraid of that, the blank screen or uh, the blank mind, nothing coming. Um, and really – you just got to get over that fear and sit down and start writing anything. Now your writer's block is just write anything. You just, it, even if it's not something you really wanted to write about, as long as you're writing pretty soon, you're warming your engine up pretty soon. You're writing about stuff you care about. Maybe it started out <clears> as a bunch of yes at the beginning, but in 10 or 15 minutes, 20 minutes, oh, okay, now I've got it cooking and I'm writing about what I really want to write about. Um, you just can't be afraid of not being able to write. Very true. I, I have to agree with that because I was like, oh, look, laundry has to be folded. Uh, not going to write. Right. Uh, yeah. no, you can come up with a million excuses not to write. Yeah. yeah and it, it's all based on fear, fear of the blank screen, fear of writer's block. I'm of a firm mind. There's no such thing as writer's block. It just is. A, it's just your your own fear of uh, of facing it. And if you face it, you'll you'll get through it. Or sometimes you just need to clear your head and move to a different project. Is what I view, I view it as. You know, because sometimes I'll say, okay, yeah. I'm kind of stuck for a moment. Let me 
clear my head, think this out, and go work on something else. So you're yeah, constantly doing some kind of writing. Right. I'm not sure I call that writer's block. I kind of call that um, – Playing out a game plan block. for your story? Right, yeah. Like there's something that – you like you painted yourself into a corner and you can't get out of it mm-hmm. or you yeah. created a situation for your character that is just isn't coming off as logical or whatever – um, it's more like, yeah, it's more like trying to, like, I, I, you're so close to the problem, you can't, you can't solve you it. You step back. So you've got to, you got to kind of remove yourself from it. So you work on another project. Um, mm-hmm. That's a little different than writer's block, which is, I just don't know what to say about anything. <laughs> you know, I got, I got a yeah. page or the, the beginning of a story or towards the end, and I just don't know what to say about anything. So I, I call them kind of different things. And yes, if I'm just so, if I created a problem that I can't solve for one of my characters, uh, or plot or something, yeah, I'll go, I'll go to something else and start writing something else. And that usually clears my head. And then I'll go, oh, okay, I got it. You know, um, you're too close to the problem to see the, to see the solution. You got to back off. That makes sense. Yeah. What's the cliche? You can't see the forest through the trees. I was having problems with one of my characters. I thought my character outsmarted me. But, Fred, you just. <laughs> they can kinda... do that sometimes. <laughs> oh, I know. And it's like, how do you write them? <laughs> he's returning. How do you write them? Oh, he's too smart for me. <laughs> Yeah, so don't you love it when your characters take over? You just give me great advice, actually. So maybe you know, I might Fred, get earlier you were talking about, oh. I'm sorry. Uh, earlier, Fred, you were talking about, you know, how people you get people that are fans and stuff, and what have you done for me lately and everything. Um, one of the things I've found as a writer is that I have, I got to, I'd say somewhere about 40 to 50% of my people are return readers. And you know they're they're the that's the best feeling in the world I think when you have people come back. What do you got for me this year? What do you got for me this year? And yeah. I just want to know what you think about that. What do you agree or you think that? Wow, I got to you know I really got somebody that likes my stuff. I got to keep you know producing here. You know. Yeah, I think that's the kind of thing that keeps you going. There's days when too. you go, why am I doing? Why am I doing this? Um, is anybody reading my stuff? <laughs> you know, you ever have those days, Tom, where you're going, is anybody reading this shit? Why am I, why do I keep writing it? And then mm-hmm. suddenly you're here from a reader that goes, Oh, I really love this story. Are you can do another one. And you go, okay, that's why I do it. Yeah. I, the, I think the best compliment, I, one of the best compliments I ever had was somebody came from, I live in Michigan, so I did Motor City Comic Con. And one year, somebody came from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, drove there. They wanted to get a sequel to my book, Shadows in the Dark, which was Dark Harbors. They came to my table first, and they were going to go get autographs from the celebrities. That was just like, oh, will you take a picture with me? I go, I'll take as many as you want with me because, wow, you made that trip? I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that just – I still think of that, and it's like, you know – you know, wow, that 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 is just—I mean, 
that that's humbling and everything. It so, is. I mean, that's one of the biggest compliments you can get. Yeah, I mean that. You know, it's it's when you when you get that, it's like wow. I guess you know, I'm I'm doing okay. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know. It, it makes it it gives you the courage and the uh, fortitude to keep trudging trudging along. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, another question I have is when you're doing characters. Now, sometimes this happens to me. Uh, some I draw from from people I know in my life, and I don't want to go into too much detail. But sometimes I get eerily too close to how they are, and I hope God, I hope they never read this or I might be sued because <laughs> they might see themselves in it. And it's like, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I better add a little bit more me in it. You know, do you ever worry about something like that? Too. I mean, I, I honestly, I've never really worried about it. Um, okay, I don't worry I about just, it in great detail. I just kind of wonder, you know, hey, I wonder how close I am yeah. to, you know. Okay, you know, here's if, uh, here's the real question: how uh, how many times have the both of you killed your exes in the books? I <laughs> uh, never had an ex. Uh, I have. I um, I sputtered mine. Uh, um, I had an ex friend that robbed a bank and sent the money to my parents' house when I was nineteen, and uh, he told me his police records. I've killed him at least two or three times and uh, <laughs> mutilated him a couple others. Yeah. So, you know, I just uh. So that's what I mean. I kind of like it's a reusable character. Maybe that's why horror writers get all the gratification. They're always so happy. Well, let's face because it. We, uh, because we killed, yeah, because we killed. We killed off people that pissed us off and don't go to jail. Well, no, we kill them in a book. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you got all this gratification and you killed them off and you sometimes mutilated them and tortured them and killed them in the worst way and you don't get sued or go to jail or anything for it and you feel like yeah i got even you know there we go how's that does that feel is that right fred do you feel that way <laughs> absolutely if i yeah if i did if if i did in real life what i do to people that i that have done me wrong in my in my writing uh i would be in jail <laughs> 10 or 15, 20 times over. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is. That's why I'm saying that it's so therapeutic to write horror. Um, I don't know of any genre that's more more cathartic than horror, to tell you the truth. I got to agree with you there 100%. I, I, I can, yeah, I can work out. my. If I'm not writing, if I'm going through a stretch where um, – where I'm not, I'm, I'm not writing, um, kind of, a, and I've had some stretches like that where it's cold and I'm not really writing and stuff. I'll, um, I find that my own head gets very dark and I start dwelling on morbid kind of thoughts, um, in my own personal life. And, and when I'm writing, I don't have those thoughts. I don't get that I'm a much happier person. Um, 
so it, it kind of it, the writing kind of beats my own demons back as well. Uh, gives me an outlet for my dark, twisted train of thought, I guess. Oh wow! Yeah, that, I can see that. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that sometimes if um, if people who are depressed or um, would maybe sit down and – I think it would be great therapy for anybody who's suffering from depression or other other things to – I'm not saying that – I'm not a therapist, so I don't know. I just know it works for me that I, I'm much happier when I'm writing this kind of stuff. Um I'm a I'm a personally happier person uh in my own life. Well, so Well here's here's a big question and this is one of the biggest questions that's ever been asked uh, since Robin Williams committed suicide. Is the clown not happy? Are they the saddest I, I, people? And everybody's saying, you know, the horror writers are the happiest people because they're able to write this stuff, but the clowns It's because writing can't. is therapy. That's what Fred Weedy right. just said. But, <laughs> but uh, and I'm not, I, I yeah, the, I think one of the things is that uh, I think most comedians are unhappy people um, or suffer from depression and their way of dealing with it is making other people laugh and making other people yeah. happy. But I don't Maybe. think that it, I don't think that it's as therapeutic for them. At some point, it's probably not as fulfilling because they, they're, they're able to spread happiness, but they don't feel it themselves. Exactly. Maybe. And that's, that's a pretty simplistic way of probably looking at it or, you know, generalizing, but, um, I think most people get in the comedy because they're unhappy or broken in some way. I think most writers, I think most artists get into art, any whatever it is, art, uh, painting, writing, uh, movies, whatever it is, because of their own broken personalities, um, their their own depression, their own things that are going on it's a way of the art is a way of dealing with all that i think most entertainers are have Mm -hmm. that um and writers and painters have that going for them that's what creates art art is created from pain yeah (laughs) or fear you know yeah like you said earlier dealing with fear yeah Wow, this is. You know, it's funny you write. Francie. You write about oh. one thing, Francie. The the horror people that I've met throughout my career have always been some of the more well-adjusted, happy people. I agree and with I, that. I, yeah, I, people are always have this weird this idea that horror that horror people are all you know dark, moody. And I guess we could be uh, dark, moody, uh, unfriendly uh, kind of people. And I find that the horror community is one of the friendliest um, 
embracing people that I've ever met. I have to agree with that too. Yeah, I always um, have a great time around horror people. <laughs> when yeah. I'm with horror people, well, I always have a great time. Well, like Kane Hodder was at a convention I do every year, Motor City Nightmares, and he was telling, he was in a conversation, and Tiffany Sheppis was next to him, and he was going, you know, hey, it, you know, us guys that play the killers and the murderers and the monsters and stuff, we're the good guys. We get along. We love our fans. We're the friendly, funny guys. We're the great guys. It's the comedians right. that are the assholes. And Tiffany Sheppis goes, oh, that is so true. I dated a comedian for a year and a half, and you, and when you mentioned about being depressed and everything, it's the biggest depressing and turned out to be the biggest asshole I ever met. Yeah, I've been, you know, known and she goes, that is so true. The people that play the killers are in the horror people are, like you said, the most well-adjusted and they're friendly. And I mean, you had kids coming up and hugging Kane Hodder, you know, just as, you know, Jason and, you know, it was just, yeah, he is. It was, it was true. You know? Yeah. He could what you said. I dated and, Comedian too is grumpiness was told that he got off sugar and I'm like, well, eat some freaking sweet and sour sauce. Mm-hmm. So, Fred, you confirmed yeah. everything because I was just thinking I thought of that when you mentioned that about the comedians and stuff and all that. What Kane Hodder said it a few years ago to me and another person that we were talking to him. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely think that the horror people are the best. Um, hey, other uh, people you guys, don't, uh, for some hey. reason, as soon as you tell oh. somebody you're a horror writer or you work in horror, I I was on a, um, I was called in for jury duty one time, um, and they had narrowed the jurors down to about 20 of us, and they had us in the courtroom sitting in these chairs in a straight line. And we're all just sitting there, and the the defense attorney and the prosecutor, they were going down the line and asking people questions about themselves. They were trying to narrow it down. And, you know, they got to me, and they asked, they asked my name, and they asked me what I did for a living. And I didn't want to get into the whole horror writer thing, and I just said, I'm a novelist. And the the prosecutor, his ears kind of perked up. He goes, oh. Uh, what kind of novels do you write? I thought, okay, there's no avoiding it. And I go, I write horror. And this girl sitting next to me screamed, jumped up out of her seat, and ran out of the courtroom. Everybody just kind of looked at each other, and then the whole the whole damn courtroom just burst out laughing at the same time. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> It was like she thought because I'm a horror writer, I was going to turn around and chop her head off. <laughs> you know, people have that misconception about horror writers and people that work in the horror industry. And I, that's why I keep telling everybody they are the most happy, well-adjusted people I have ever known. <laughs> you know, they are not killers. <laughs> well, we are in our art, but. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we're a little warped, but we're adjusted, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're uh, happy. We're warped. Well adjusted. Uh, yeah, I I didn't think they were going to pick me for that jury, and damn it, they did. <laughs> All right, I'll cut off. Hey, Fred. Yep. 
I would love to have you back on the show, and that uh, Blog Talk Radio woman is about to cut us off in three minutes. Okay. Well, so, friends, what are you working on again? I'm, I'm glad you got Francie and Friends back. Me too. Um, yeah, and, and to be you and Raina coming out from the Halloween, and you're like, hello. Book me, and I told you, yeah, let's do it. If you're willing to do it, I'm, yeah, 100%. And I would love to book you again, because you've got a lot to say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people, so Fred, what people are you working tell on me next? I talk too much. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Uh, what am I working on next? Um, yeah. I'm working on a sci-fi uh, crime thriller. Um, about a guy who, well, the villain anyway, is the guy who, um, a physicist who kills his girlfriend and decides that once just isn't enough. So he creates this device that opens portals to parallel universes and he travels from universe to universe, killing her over and over again. Wow. That's kind of out there. And <laughs> Wow. He must be having a real anger management problem with her, huh? Fred, uh, people that want to contact you, tell us about your website. Uh, They can, well, fredweehe.com, books by Fred Weehe on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, If you Google me, and even if you spell my last name wrong, you'll find me. But it's W-I-E-H-E. I before E except after C. I before E except after C, yes. I-E-H-E. So if you Google me, you'll find me. But, uh, yeah, I'm all over the Internet. You can't miss me. Cool. And you're you're definitely on Facebook, and you control your Facebook. I do. So if... Yeah, if you not, message I'm them. Not big, I'm not big enough to have somebody post for me. <laughs> I actually have to do it myself. <laughs> oh, aw. But you so cute. No, I, I I, hopefully, I would never do that. Yeah, all the posts are for me. I do regulate it myself, so anybody can message me. Um, go to my page, and I actually have two Facebook pages. Uh, um, Books by Fred Weehy, which is one where you go and like, and then there's another one where you can friend me. That's just Fred Weehy. Um, All right. I I will tell you, uh, Fred, uh, Jennifer Peckings um, from Antelope, California, who was here on Halloween, she was called in for a shift, and she's even commented when you said can't sign enough books, and she said – can't wait to read the book. So happy to meet you. She's seen that you were going to be on the show tonight, and she wanted to call in, but she was called in for her shift, for an extra shift, and she took it because of Christmas money. But uh, yep. she, Can't turn down she's work. a huge fan of yours now. Oh, that's and nice. she tell, wanted to call in to say hi, but she had to work an extra shift. Uh, do you want to say hi to Jennifer? Yeah, she 
well, she is. I hopefully she's listening. Hi, Jennifer. Um, sorry that we missed you tonight. Maybe next time. Uh, I'll be back yeah. on Francie and Friends sometime in the near oh, future. Oh, heck yeah. Because you're one of our favorite guests. Of course we're going to have you back on. All right, good. And, mm-hmm. All right. Love you, Fred. Love you, Tom. It's time. Hey, oh, guys. Have yeah. Hey, Fred. Lots of good, good luck. Continue good work and good luck and all the best to you, man. Way to go. You too, Tom. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Yeah, good talking right, to you tonight, guys, take man. Care. Say, say goodbye to Nick for me. Right. Nick, say yeah. goodnight. Uh, goodnight, you guys. Love you guys. We'll good night. talk on Facebook and, and, and stuff. And thanks okay, for cool. uh, Fred, we'll talk Fright House. And Tom, we'll talk in Rod We Trust. Okay. Cool. Okay. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having right, me on, so everybody. Francie. How about a little bit of Willie Nelson? Okay. Thanks for having me back on, Francie. <laughs> up this morning looking for my shoes look behind the trunk found the hesitation blues lordy tell me how long lordy tell me how long will i have to wait will i have to wait can i get you now can i get you now must i hesitate
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.